You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. You're listening to Live Wild Radio. We're back. And uh, if you hear a dog in the background, it's because we're dog-sitting. We're going to kick off this episode with a nice little, uh, we'll, we'll call it like maybe a thank you or... Maybe a, a, a shout op- out, an opportunity for you. So um, as we've been talking about in past episodes, we've gotten big uh, into do your own yourself the home gym and kettlebell training in particular. And one of our favorite uh, suppliers of fitness equipment is Great Lakes Gearia. Actually, it's our favorite period, full stop. So Great Lakes Curia is where we get all of our fitness equipment and kettlebells. We've got a whole family of them <laughs> in my uh, living room. But um, yeah, it's it's a company that produces really nicely smooth handled kettlebells. Um, great prices, actually. We've shopped around. They're located in our hometown, but we decided to partner with them because we love their products. Um, but they have a whole slew of other equipment from maces to, um, you know, your your plates for your your barbells and anything else that bars you bars know. and trap bars and yeah our, our favorite pull-up bar that's attached to the that's wall true. over here that's true we got from them so really good quality um and with live wild uh radio you can get a discount of five percent at checkout so just type in live wild for our american listeners you're gonna go us dot Great Lakes Giria, G-I-R-Y-A dot com. And our Canadian listeners, it's just greatlakesgiria.com. And Giria is Russian for kettlebell. Yeah. All this information's in the show notes. Check it out. And, um, you know, do us a favor. It helps us out. Uh, if you're looking for fitness equipment, check it out. We'll, we think we're going to be pretty happy about it. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing, too, is that if you go uh, to our website, livewildradio.com, um, I've written an article on uh, kettlebell training. There's a bunch of them, like kettlebell training for the outdoor athlete and kettlebell training for hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one on a, does hiking build your glutes? And it does a little bit. But what really builds your glutes is a bunch of kettlebell training, like kettlebell swing. So a bunch of articles on there, you know, to go with that. And that segues into this episode on hiking. Um, because... In our two plus years of putting out episodes, we've talked about backpacking mm-hmm. and camping and rock climbing and mountain biking uh, and, and you know, through hiking and all these different things. But we've never actually talked about hiking. It's true. Which is going for a walk in the woods where you go home at night. <laughs> um, and so it, it seemed fitting because with the corona virus the pandemic and you know hopefully it's coming to an end soon like Catherine's got two vaccines now yeah um i get my second dose thursday yeah in just a few days uh so you know the lights at the end of the tunnel so to speak um theoretically you know because the doctor that gave you your second dose said that um people who've had two doses can actually just hang around together yeah like you no know, that they don't have to be in the same bubble or anything yeah, anymore. I almost didn't believe her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I've been conditioned. Yeah, it's, it's like, like uh, I Pavlov's can't be, dog. Can't be around strangers. <laughs> like, this is just gross. I'm breathing in their air. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, you know, the, the, uh, the end hopefully is near, but 
one of the things I've seen, because obviously like I work at an outdoor store, mm-hmm. is the huge increase in the number of people who got into hiking. Yeah. Um, and that to me sort of says, okay, well, there's people who, uh, like just about the conversations I'm having with people, because mm-hmm. um, people are getting into, you know, backpacking and canoeing and all that kind of stuff, but they're also getting into hiking. Well, hiking's the, I think the easiest way into the outdoors to start, right? You're not worried about buying a lot of gear if you want to just, you know, get out of work and or for whatever you're doing in the day and, and go for a walk in the woods. It's the most accessible. Mm-hmm. So I think it's natural that you're going to get a lot of people doing more of it. But it's also really healthy for you. And it's a bit of an escape. Yeah. And depending on where you go, it can be great for your Instagram, too. Like you like whenever we go out, like um, either climbing or hiking on the escarpment, the number of like probably Toronto people <laughs> That are out walking, doing like the the uh, Instagram pictures off the uh, the edge of the cliffs, um, you know. So so it can be good for your Instagram clout too, uh, if you have uh, pretty pictures, you know that that look like you go to cool places. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, like a, a few different things we'll run into. Like number one, you know, what is hiking? I just define it as any walking that isn't on pavement, right? Mm-hmm. And just like rock climbing has grades, um, yeah. hiking has grades. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, like obviously if you're just on a dirt trail, but it's flat and there's no obstacles, you could go out in a pair of like Chuck Taylors, mm-hmm. you know, your Converse All-Stars, and you'd be fine, you know, especially if it's not muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the steepness of the terrain the uh you know obstacles whether it's rocks roots um you know logs like different you know uh whether it is uh the elevation change um all of those things add uh to the difficulty Right. And it goes right up to class four terrain mm-hmm. where <laughs> I don't like. Yes. Because it, it, it's the kind of thing where you're scrambling. Yeah. Right? You don't want to fall because you could probably die or hurt yourself severely, you know, where you're um, and that still qualifies as hiking. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we, um, you know, go out to a local woodlot or conservation area or agreement for us for a walk, that's a hike. But when you went and hiked Mount Marcy in New York, mm-hmm. that's a hike, mm-hmm. right? Because you did it up and back in a day. So that's a day hike. So Mount Marcy is the tallest um, peak in New York State at 5,000 feet and Five, three, four, or 5344, I think. Yeah. And you actually only hike about 3,000 feet of it at elevation because of where you start. Well, it's about 3,500 feet 3, from, from Marcy yeah. Lodge or Adirondack Lodge. Yeah. So anyway, that's an example. Um, yeah, so uh, train, so class zero is flat train. Class one is with some obstacles. Class two is when you start using your hands. No, class three and... F- three and four is when you're using your hands. Potentially. But four is where you don't want to fall because you'll severely hurt yourself or die. Yeah, and then class five is roped up rock climbing. Right. Um, so so uh, that's one of the cool things with it is there's a lot of range for you to progress, right? Because mm-hmm. you can progress into difficulty... Yeah. And then you can progress in duration, like the length you go. Of course. Right. And the time it takes you to do it. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, then if you're one of those lunatics, then you can do the ultra trail running instead. And you run it instead of hike it, mm-hmm. walk it. Um, I'm really not into that personally. You know, I sort of figure if you need to run, it's because you're being chased and it's better to stand and fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the, the big thing you'll run into with hiking is it's one of the forms of exercise, right? Because it, it, it would qualify as being like relatively steady state cardio, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, it can vary a little bit. You know, obviously, if you've got big uphill and big downhill, steep terrain, you're going to get more variations in intensity um, than sort of like flat and steady. But, uh, you know, it is a, just a sustained form of exercise. Like it's not weightlifting. Um but uh, you also run into the magical part of it, which is you're exercising, right? And we all know about your steps and all that, how it's good for you. Um, but it's also good for your mind. Um, you know, it's relaxing. There, there's a lot of studies out there that spending time just in nature. Mm-hmm. The smells, the sounds, the distractions. It's almost meditative. Yeah. Because the one downside is you're always looking down so you don't trip. But it's almost like a meditation in that regard. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's interesting because when when you and I first met, you were almost that go, 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 uh, you know, kamikaze hiker like boom you know like go and i was more like the pray love like oh you know like like uh, like walk walk 100 meters then smell flowers then walk 100 yeah meters. take pictures or you know yeah exactly so it's you know you, i think you've got your different personalities when you're hiking at the end of the day you always should as they say hike your own hike and that's partly due to a fitness thing and and you know getting it through it safely yeah and but also words. what do you want to get out of it yeah. Right. Because, so, yeah. you know, like I, I do have like I, I, I was a competitive endurance athlete, like racing bikes for years. Right. You know, I, I've done um, through hikes. Like I just have like a mentality of like go long, not always fast, but steady, mm-hmm. um, you know, and eating up miles. Right. It's like and I'm thinking about, you know, what a good workout it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the fact is, is like. You know, in the last five years of you and I together, we've I've kind of made you go faster and you've made me go slower. Like we've kind of balanced out a little bit in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, and, and that's fine. Like, you know, it's it, it's sort of that compromise so that we both enjoy going on our trips and our hikes. Yeah. And when you go hiking, do you enjoy listening to music or doing it in complete silence? So if I'm. If I'm by myself, like I, I uh, love listening to some tunes, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm with people, like I love chatting, mm-hmm. um, which is you know convenient that we have a podcast because you know we can just talk. Um, but I also uh, the more physically demanding the terrain. Um, you know, like if it's just a big slog uphill, mm-hmm. I find some like, you know, upbeat tunes can help it at the time go by. Yeah. Um, because it is a workout, you know, as much as, uh, you know, there's the relaxation and all that kind of stuff. When you're dragging yourself up the side of a mountain, um, 
there's no way around it. It's but like, you, when you and I have gone, and sometimes often you were ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I don't think you had your headphones or any music, did you? Um, occasionally, mm. you know. Um, a lot of times when I'm backpacking, uh, well, part of it is too is that until recently I didn't have any headphones that worked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I've okay. destroyed all mine. Um, and then my phone until I got my latest phone w- couldn't get wet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I sweat like a, <laughs> it's true. you know, like a fire hydrant that's <coughs> leaking on a hot summer day. So, um, you know, I didn't want to destroy my phone and I've destroyed all of my iPods over the years through sweating on them and everything. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. And the fact is, is like, there is the, the, the just being alone with your own thoughts thing uh, that I enjoy too. So, hmm, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Just because I walk or I hike daily, or I I have you know earlier this year. You tell yourself you do, yeah. <laughs> no, I just dog sit, and they get me going out for a hike or a walk. Um. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm I'm kind of laughing in my head here because locally when I do go hiking or walking I always I've just become accustomed to a condition to listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. but when we've gone hiking I never did because I never had good headphones right and I can't almost not imagine doing that without but um anyways nevertheless definitely going out hiking just like exercise which you are exercising mm-hmm. but just the environment you always feel better coming out of it than you were when you came into it so um and i quite enjoy the multi-hour like long day hikes mm-hmm. you know that it's we've an done adventure. even um for even if it's local for i don't know two to four hours two to something like that like i and that's not even a big day right mm-hmm. That's just a half a day. But if you're just getting back, you know, getting out to it instead of just going for an hour, I do enjoy when we pack a lunch mm-hmm. and take breaks. Um, so I find that it's um, it's just a really nice escape. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I think, too, is that, uh, and this is, we find the same thing with mountain biking, is going outside and doing something, Right. You're getting the same physical benefit, like from the exercise standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need to be convinced to go on a hike or to go on a ride. Mm-hmm. But to, like to put that time on the stair climber or a treadmill, like like imagine doing two hours on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Like shoot me, just shoot me. <laughs> you know, yeah, or, you or know, even an exercise bike, right? Like I think I'm of the mindset. I'm not a big fan of short hikes anymore like an hour it depends on my mood yeah you know what i mean like if i really just need to take a break and de-stress um maybe i'm just a bit tired of where i am locally like going to the same places but um i do quite enjoy like the weekend hikes when we go for hours Mm -hmm. well i think part of what it is too it's like uh if you're gonna go to the trouble of going somewhere to hike Mm -hmm. then make it worth the trouble of going there yeah right um like if we're even even like the half hour drive out to the escarpment Mm -hmm. you know or 45 minutes up to hockley valley or any of those you know for us locally um or we've hiked down and water down before 
um, all yeah. of those different areas, uh, you know, you're, you're driving half hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So make it worth the trouble of going. Mm-hmm. And plus they're bigger areas. So there's more to explore. Yeah. Sometimes I just like getting in my car in the sense of adventure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> going to the places, get my coffee and go like in the company I'm with. But, it's like a, uh, a mini road trip. It is. It is. And then you go on your little adventure. But honestly, um, the best hikes, and I quite enjoy them with my kids, is when you don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've got the whole day wide open and you take, you pack your lunch and you go and explore. Yeah. Get off trail a little bit. Try not to get lost. But, um, but that's fun. Mm-hmm. And you find these really cool nooks and, you know, little sites of um, just paradise, right? Where you could just relax. And I've fallen asleep, like, just off a trail with my kids. Yeah, I don't believe that qualifies as hiking anymore, though. <laughs> but it's it's enjoying. Your sh- yeah. See, I'm not always about the... The miles, as you can tell. <laughs> well, see, <and> <laughs> I'm about just, you know, the escaping. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the things. That's what's great. Hiking is whatever you make it into. Yeah. Right? Because it can be, you know, just a relaxing little saunter. Like John Muir hated um, the word hike. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like he liked to call it like a jaunt in the woods. <laughs> right? Because it was all about like forgetting the the physical part of it you know Mm -hmm. and yes being active is good for you and we Mm -hmm. we understand all that um but it it was more that that um connecting to nature and the escaping and the the uh like if you slowing down yeah and if you read any of his works like obviously a guy who spends that much time covering you know climbing up and down mountains in the sierra and all that kind of thing had to be in half decent shape Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're talking somebody back in the 1800s, yeah. like the late 1800s, like he's not thinking about VO2 max and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. how many calories he's burning, you know. Yeah. I've um, never read any any of his work. So for hikers out there, if you want a little bit of history and culture, I mean, obviously he, um, he was the one that established the John Muir Trail or was it just... Well, the, that was... Uh, or was it named after him? Named after rec- him. But, recognition. But, you know... A lot of the, you know, Sierra, Yosemite, mm-hmm. um, uh, that whole area, he, you know, kind of, he fell in love with, right? It's kind of like Ansel Adams, you know, the photographer. Yeah. Right? That was sort of one of those areas that he fell in love with. Yeah. Um, and I'm so ignorant here. John Muir, what was his contribution? Was it more from the perspective of conservation? conservation? Yeah. Him and what president? Was it Roosevelt? Yep. Yep. Teddy. How long ago was that? Uh, Teddy was... It felt like it was more recent. Or like, I'm just old. <laughs> no, because <laughs> like, Teddy was like in the night, like early 1900s. 1900s. Like it's over 100, like, like 100 years okay. ago or more. That was sooner. Than- no. Well, because there, Theod- there was Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt. Two uh, Roosevelt presidents. That's probably why. Yeah. Like Teddy, the cool story. Um, so Teddy was actually the vice president, like Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what his name is, but, uh, and I knew this, uh, but the the fellow he was the vice president for mm-hmm. got shot in Buffalo. Um, 
Like assassinated? Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think there was like some, this was back in the olden times where people had disputes and, you know, but he got shot and he died. Mm. And a messenger, you know, because he's the vice president. He was hiking. He was hiking up Mount Marcy, up the backside from. Uh, right, right. You know, uh, and a messenger had to run <laughs> and find him and to let him know that he's now the president. And he's going to come run the country. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, he was basically uh, out for a hike. Yeah, so they did a lot. Because what was their contribution? Didn't we talk about this? Anyways, what was their contribution of how much they conserved? What? like Teddy Roosevelt and John Muir? Well, he started the national park system. Who, Roosevelt? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so... so uh, like Yosemite and basically you know, any national. Yeah, like that's what got that whole system started. Yeah. Um, and he was a huge conservationist and had a... Yeah. Um, I think at that point, like the whole Adirondacks were designated forever wild already mm-hmm. in the U.S. So, you know... It sort of started that whole thing rolling. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's easy to, it's funny, like, you know, not to get into the politics of it because, you know, you run into the thing that uh, everybody in history, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the ones that get remembered for some good stuff also were pretty terrible monsters as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, um, we're just talking about hiking here and Teddy liked hiking. So forget the rest of the stuff that he might have done. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, you run into this thing where uh, getting out there, right? Getting out and enjoying, um, like disconnecting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, and this is something I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast, but we talk about it a lot ourselves, is that w- the human um, brain was evolved to deal with real threats, mm-hmm. right? Tigers in the grass, um, like stuff that could kill us, mm-hmm. right? But we don't know how to deal with, ah, oh, my boss is kind of a dick uh, and I have a deadline and w- I think one of my kids is an idiot and, <laughs> you know, like all of those like things that, and you know, ah, oh, shit, how am I going to pay for this thing or, mm-hmm. you know, all of those different, right. you know, um, modern stresses that none of which will actually kill us, Mm -hmm. right? But our body responds like they will, Yeah. right? So people walk around with this, you know, um, elevated cortisol, like stress hormones in their system all the time, and it's killing them slowly. Uh, And I think a good indicator for that is your heart rate. If you measure your heart rate, because on your watch, if mm -hmm. you notice that your heart rate's pretty high versus what it should be when it's resting. Yeah. Because what's your resting heart rate-ish? Like right now. 55-ish. Okay. Well, mine's 68 right now and I'm talking. But I've seen it like when I'm stressed out, like 80s, 90s. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there all of a sudden <laughs> stressed out, like first day back at work. <laughs> I remember. No, I was reading my daughter's report card. It was good. But I, I was like, why am I getting all stressed out? Having a panic attack. Yeah, I was. It was really weird. Yeah. Which again, for things like that, it's amazing. Yeah. Like that... We're, we're never disconnected. So, yeah. you know, like put your phone on do not disturb oh and go God. for a hike. Yeah. You know, even if just part of your own like mental self-care um, can be such a powerful thing. It's a good ritual. Actually, I, I used to do it when I was experiencing anxiety years ago, um, work related. 
Um, a lot of change. Actually, there were a lot of changes going on in my life. Um, I used to go for hikes in the morning mm-hmm. and they did wonders for me. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I went ruck marketing. Yep. Put a put a weighted pack on. Yeah, it's just 35 minutes every yep. morning. But it was, uh, yeah, so clearly a lot of benefits. Um, but why do you do it? Why do you love it so much? Um, so, like, if I'm completely honest, just the, the regular, uh, you know, through the week, go walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of the de-stressing thing, mm-hmm. um, although I'm pretty chill, so I don't have a lot of stress in my life. I've kind of engineered it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, a lot of it is to be uh, in shape for when we do bigger hikes, mm-hmm. right? If you do, yes. particularly like I'll, when I do it, I carry a weighted pack. I try mm-hmm. to find the hilliest local trails I can find. Um, you know, and that's when I definitely have the like music or a podcast in, Yeah, you know, and I'm just putting the time in, right. So that the legs, when we go do, you know, we make one of our little trips for, mm-hmm. a, you know, to go on a hike. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we went snowshoeing in Hockley Valley, right. Right. We were out like, like it was like four hours, something like that, you know, and, uh, both you and Kirsten at the end of it were saying you were, you were glad it was over. you like, you were pretty tired. Yeah. And I wasn't tired at all. Yeah. It's right. So it just meant like uh, not not any shot on you guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. to me, it, what it said is like, OK, what I've been doing training wise meant that I could really enjoy my and, hike. And I find if you want to like go from nothing because you haven't been hiking or snowshoeing, I, I kind of equate them to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's just ones and depends on the season. Right. Yep. Um, and I actually prefer snowshoeing these days. I don't know why. Anyway, but um when you go, I find that if you just hike regularly, it doesn't have to be vigorously, but consistently for about a month before you do that four-hour hike, maybe three, mm-hmm. of course, just breaks, some food, whatever, um, some snacks, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. It doesn't take much. So my point is it doesn't take much to get into shape. And I know we're jumping right into fitness, but it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're starting off, I think we recommend... Don't go for more any more than an hour, like yeah, max. And maybe, and, and maybe thirty five minutes if because you want to be consistent, right, and frequent yeah. in, in your training if that's what you're looking to do. So say you just want to be in really good shape because it takes time, and of course it's getting good boots, hiking boots. We'll talk about that. Um, I take hiking poles. I guess we're jumping into what to take. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just do it. Yeah. So so we'll start with footwear. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's sort of your number one thing. Yeah. Um, depending on the time of year and and your uh, ankle health, we'll call it ankle, knee, hip health. Mm. Um, you could go either a shoe or a boot, right? Because we're not talking loaded backpacking, where you've got maybe thirty, forty pounds extra on your back. Yeah, but um, you should have about twenty. You know, we'll talk about why later. Um. You know, so so it's one of those things where I will tend to just wear a hiking shoe mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time, um, and somebody who needs a a bit more ankle support than an above the ankle like hiking boot that gives you a little bit more support. Um, and what makes a hiking shoe, you know, from the ground up is first an aggressive tread. So, like, mm-hmm. if you think about like your Street shoes, running shoes, 
Converse All-Stars, you know, anything. You look at the bottom, there's no tread, right? You want a shoe or boot. When you look at the bottom, you can see how it bites in, right? It's chunky. Mm -hmm. um, You know, there's different tread patterns and, you know, different rubber compounds. But things like the Merrill Moab, which is a really popular hiking shoe, uh, the Solomon X Ultras, any of the oboes, whether it's They're the Bridgers amazing. or the Sawtooth, that's what Catherine and I both wear. My God, uh, both they're, the they're hiking fabulous. boots and shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just—they've done a great job of like fitting the foot. It's snug, oh, yeah. snug in the heel, um, and roomy in the toes. Um, yeah, so they're, they're just w- so comfortable yeah. with the shoes. Um, another one that's really good are the Keen shoes. Um, I've worn those for years. Uh, for people who need a little bit wider in the forefoot. Yeah. Um, you know, so the thing is you want a good amount of grip on the bottom, like mm-hmm. a chunky tread, mm-hmm. uh, a reasonable amount of cushion, um, then uh, support. So what they'll do, because obviously, you know, you, with any shoe, you've seen the foam, uh, usually EVA foam. That'll be the cushion, mm-hmm. you know, the shock absorption. But then um, with hiking shoes, they'll often mold a uh, a little bit of a, a shank or a plate within mm-hmm. that foam mm-hmm. to give you more torsional rigidity mm-hmm. and underfoot protection, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that can get like simple as just a little plate to sort of these wraparound skeleton things with different shoes. Um the key is going to be try a few different on until you find what fits your Yeah, and well. keep in mind if you wear orthotics, put them in. Mm-hmm. Try them when you do and, and wear your hiking socks as well because you, what you always want to do when you go, get fitted is uh, make sure there's lots of room around your toes because when you hike for several hours or if it's, especially if you're pushing yourself, your or feet it's hot as well. Out. Yeah. Yeah, and you want to test it by going up and down stairs because you're trying to make sure your toes aren't hitting the um, the tip of the, the boot. Otherwise, you'll get, you know, bruised toenails and your toenails will fall off. And that's happened to me. Yeah. And so when it uh, you want to kind of mimic, like when you're trying on shoes, mm-hmm. um, you want to have like a, about a pinky's width of space at the tip of your toes. Mm-hmm. Right. So that because, you know, going downhill, your foot can move a tiny bit in the shoe. Mm-hmm. You just don't want the your toes hitting the end of the shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, you know, from a sock standpoint, um, like a padded hiking sock, the height you go with will just be dependent on the height of your footwear. So you can get, you know, ankle high ones if you're just wearing shoes or you can get, you know, crew if you're in boots. Um but uh, a hiking sock, usually made um, from merino wool, mm-hmm. um, they'll be padded uh, around the toes and under the bottom of your foot and under your heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how thick they are will just be dependent on the time of year, right? So yeah. I'll wear light most of the year and then um, I'll have heavier ones for winter time. And so we like them because they wick away the sweat. Yeah. Um, and um, they're quite durable that um, they have a lifetime warranty, right? Well, so. the Darn Tough brand. Oh, right. The Darn Tough. Yes. Those are the best socks in the world. Yeah. They're about 30 bucks Canadian. They're yeah. expensive, but they're worth it. Yeah. Because they're guaranteed for life. So you eventually a, you will wear a yeah, holder you, you, them and you you'll just get a, get a new pair. Yeah. Um, and 
the, the basically we're we're not sponsored by Darn Tough, although if they want to, um, <laughs> we only want to be sponsored. Like you know, we only want to like from a commercial standpoint, only want to deal with products that we actually. Yeah, but we're telling you what we love. We, that we enjoy or we yeah. believe in. And yeah. uh, darn tough socks. <laughs> um, uh, other than socks that I've been given for free, mm-hmm. you know, because working in the biz. Sure. Um, you get some swag every now and again. Um, the only socks I wear, or more importantly, the only socks I'll spend money on. Your <laughs> cheek. <laughs> yeah. Um, are darn tough. Yeah. No, um, they're good. You know, so anybody wants to give me free socks, yeah, I'll wear them they're dead but the only ones i'll actually spend my own money on are darn tough yeah um and uh yeah they're just fabulous socks and by the way when you're trying on the hiking boots in the store they should feel comfortable yeah so none of this bullshit about breaking them in yeah no because when i put those oboes on those um the ridgers or this the new one they qualify as hiking shoes too yeah yeah they're fucking comfortable yeah oh my god i put them on i'm like are you kidding me these are so nice. Yeah, because you you've, know. got, you've got the Bridger hiking boot, too. Yeah. They're just beautiful. <laughs> just go try Oboes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, we're both big fans. Oh, my God. Like, I had never heard of them. I don't even think... Are they a big name? Um, Are they... Like, are they fairly new? Uh, in, in the shoe world, yeah. Um. No. Down. Down. <sighs> Down. Go. <laughs> I want to snuggle. I want to snuggle too, uh, but not on my couch. Yep. Because you're gonna wreck it. So get back in your bed, dog. Good dog. It's hard. That's Hazel. And the puppy wants to come and cuddle while we're recording podcasts. Oh well. <laughs> so a couple of other tips when you're trying on shoes. Um, uh, you know. Get them from a good outdoor store. Like, unless you already know what you need and you can mail order, yeah. try shoes on on purpose. Yeah. <coughs> Not on purpose, uh, in person. <laughs> um, and then, uh, if you can, try them on towards the end of the day. Because your mm. feet swell throughout the day. So, if you try them on first thing in the morning, like, you know, you're going to run into the thing where they might be okay Mm-hmm. but then as your feet swell throughout the day, they actually get too tight. So it's better to make sure that you've got the built-in room in the shoes for your feet in their swollen state mm-hmm. um, rather than have them be like some, you know, Vienna sausages crammed in a can. <laughs> um, it can be terribly unpleasant. Yeah, and then just keep in mind that when you're hiking in terms of foot health, um, you know, you should always have with you a first aid kit. Right. And in that first aid kit, um, worthwhile having foot powder. You want to have dry feet. This is why the merino wool socks are also really good. Um, you also, when you feel a burning sensation in your foot, you're starting to get a blister. You need to stop. You need to correct that. You need to see if you're tying your shoelaces tight enough. And there's ways you can tie your shoelaces to make sure that, you know, your foot doesn't move around. Um, you can check that out online or maybe we'll put that in the show notes. But, um, at the end of the day, you want to address the situation. Sometimes I carry along with me lambskin. Um, just put an extra padding. Oh, like the moleskin. Um, moleskin, whatever. Yeah. But often, too, it's your feet rubbing against the shoe, right? So um, but if you wear two pairs of socks, like a liner sock, mm-hmm. that'll definitely work. Yeah. So that's usually a tight sock. And then you wear your other sock on top. Yeah, like a really thin sock. 
Like think of it as foot spandex with your regular like your right. hiking sock over top. And that'll avoid you getting blisters. So those are some pretty key things to make your hiking yeah. more, you know, experience more, uh, your trip more enjoyable um, and allow you to go to fur- further. So the other thing, though, that I really find beneficial when I first started hiking, it was partly, partly because I had knee problems was or hiking poles. Mm-hmm. But I also want to just say, because a lot of people attach the stigma of, you're old, <laughs> you need hiking poles, or I don't need that, right? But truth be told, it actually makes you hike faster. Yep. It's more of a workout. Now you start to get your upper body engaged. So it's a better fitness tool. Um, it's more stable. Now you've got, you know, uh, four legs, essentially. So you can bebop it, especially yep. like in the Adirondacks where there's rocks and people are trying to navigate and teeter-totter between rocks you're just going boop 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 you know like a little bunny because you can go yeah so uh when it's raining definitely it's very helpful especially especially and most people will be thankful that they brought them when they're going up mountains and coming down them it's usually when you're coming down them that you need that because coming down uh uh coming down a mountain in particular is harder than going up yeah going up's just cardio right it's just like stairs that never end um but coming down is impact because you have to put the brakes on every yeah every step and a lot of people don't have that strength and even if you don't have knee problems your knees will hurt yeah so having uh, something brace uh cut the impact Mm -hmm. or um now i also found that hiking with poles also help alleviated any back pain i would have had Mm mm-hmm um, so that's very helpful as well. So there's a lot of benefits. Um, and heck, you don't even have to use them to begin with. Um, you can use them when you need them. So you can always just, you know, uh, shorten them down and put them in your, in your bag. But, um, I mean, and, and then one last thing is, and we're quite multifunctional because when you do go on hiking trips, you have to think about safety. And there's, we have an article called the 10 essentials, um, which think about it, if you ever got lost in the woods and that's when, the big accidents you hear about the search and rescues happen is typically when somebody goes hiking, they expect that they'll be back, mm. right? So hiking poles, if you have a tarp, you should have a tarp in your in your kit uh, when you go hiking, just, just in case for rain, shelter, whatever. But you can make a tent with hiking poles and a tarp, yeah. right? You can just set it up in such a way. Um, and I've done that before when it's raining. So it's quite handy, Um but um, just to carry on that note, 10 essentials. Let me see if I can remember them. So um, I love my headlamp. That's another biggie because how often do we go hiking and we wonder if, uh, you know, or we think we're going to be back before. Before dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, one of the most common um, causes of search and rescue call outs is people getting stuck in the dark. Right. Yeah. Whereas if they just had a bloody headlamp with them, they would have been, you know, like what happens is, is like they're not injured or anything. They're not lost. Yeah. It just got dark. Right. And luckily, you know, in in some cases of day hikes, you're not that far away. So, you know, somebody, you know, their cell phone works. They make a call. They're able to be found. And. Then some rangers had to walk in with headlamps. Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. You feel like an idiot. You know. But it's it's such 
an oversight if you don't have it. And even when we've gone mountain biking or hiking, how many times we're like, oh, I'm glad we bought our <laughs> like you, you don't you don't think you're going to come after after dark, right? But you do. Although we do enough times that now we should just expect it. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's just, yeah, it just is. Yeah. So hiking poles, headlamp, tarp. Um, let's talk about food. Um, I like peanut butter. Um Protein. Yeah, I like chocolate. It gives you fuel. Trail mix. Trail Cliff mix. Bars. Yeah, water. So filtration. So yep. um, ways to clean water. You want redundancy. So I like to bring uh, water tablets and uh, a filter. Yeah, and I- when we're talking about the filter, because you haven't seen this one yet, but I would highly recommend in everybody's hiking kit having a platypus quick draw. Um, it's a new filter out by platypus. They do like the gravity filters that everybody loves. Um, but it works like the Sawyer, Mm -hmm. um, which we used for years. Mm -hmm. Um, only it's three liters a minute flow rate, which is even faster than our B free. What was ours? The Sawyer? The B free. The B free is two liters. Okay. Um, the Sawyer was one liter. Mm. Right. But the B free that we use from Catadyne mm-hmm. won't fit on normal bottles. And this will. This will fit on normal bottles and it uses a squeeze bag. Like nice. it's got a thread inside and outside. Okay. Um so and these cool caps that close it off. Uh you know, in like Canadian, I think they're like fifty six bucks for the filter in a in a bag. Okay. And so all you do is fill either like a two liter pop bottle, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if that's all you had with you or, or a, uh, uh, plastic water bottle with, you know, water from a stream, yeah. thread it on yeah, and now squeeze it. Mm-hmm. Um, and three liters a minute, like my two, one and a half liter bottles mm-hmm. would be full in a minute. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially when you want to be on the go and, you know, yeah. And, and with these filters, and this is whether you use the Catadyne B-Free, which is what Catherine and I currently use, yeah. um, or the new Platypus, or the Sawyer, you uh, can obviously fill, you know, w- uh, the bag or bottle with, um, you know, unprocessed water from a stream or a lake, mm-hmm. thread the filter on, mm-hmm. and either squeeze it in your bottles or squeeze it right into your mouth. Yeah. It no, takes it's... out bacteria and parasites. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, what you need to be thinking about in most cases is that people pee in the water, right? Or animals pee in the water, especially beavers. You will get sick. Well, it's shit in the water more than pee, but. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can boil your water, but you can understand the logistics um, not that you can't do it, you can do it, but obviously you're not going to drink it right away, right? Unless yeah, you're you making gotta, coffee. You got to cool so, it down. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, so, pain, yeah. So obviously some people might wonder, wow, I have to take all this shit. But here's the thing. I've seen people hiking and take a bottles of water because they didn't realize at the very least you can purify water with a tablet. Yeah, and they're walking along carrying like a gallon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I've seen them hike with like 10 pounds of water. I'm like, what are you doing, you know? And so there is, a, you know, definitely an advantage to do mm-hmm. that. So we talked about water, fire. Yep. Huge, huge, huge. So just think about it. It's dark. You're getting cold. Okay, you've got your tarp. That's great. Uh, one of the first things I would do is get a fire going because you got to search for things to get that going. So you need 
Um, I like my flint rod. I like my fire starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it cheating. So fire starter for me is cotton balls and Vaseline. Yep. And I usually have that in my emergency kit. Very easy to start a fire with that with just a spark. Um, and that'll last for quite a bit. And then you obviously scavenge whatever you can in the woods. Um, but once you've got that going, now you've got heat, mm-hmm. right? A source of heat. You got light. Um, you've got a way to cook, right? If you you know catch something or you need to cook you've got whatever but the the key thing is you've got light you've got a way to let people know you know sos or whatever yeah don't want to burn the forest (laughs) but um yeah so you've got heat and um and you've got light then you've got your tarp um well navigation is always important so map half the time you know people will go on a trail and not know what's to come and where they're going or how to get they don't even know where they are yeah just don't know where they are so worthwhile a couple of things on this point number one let people know where you're going and when you expect to be back have a buddy system especially if you're going on your own okay really important stay on trail right if you have to get off trail you want to explore something go to the bathroom Make sure the heck you know what you're doing and looking and, and look around. And one of the one of the simplest things is like mark your way, mm-hmm. either with like piles of rocks, piles of sticks. Uh, you could also carry some marking tape with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fluorescent tape that you just tie around trees as you go. Mm-hmm. So you can always get back. Like essentially you make yourself a little trail to get back to the main trail. Yeah. You know, there's more than one way to do it. I mean, there's a number numerous stories of people going off trail and then unfortunate stories on the backpacking trips in the Adirondacks where people not uh, sorry, the um, Well, it's happening it's happened in the Adirondacks too, so. As well. Yeah, people die, right? Because they've gotten off trail and they get disoriented. It's very easy to get disoriented. It's it's important that when you're on a trail to look where you're going, but look back every now and then. And, and and establish landmarks. Mm-hmm. Like take note of them rather, because I know when you hike or when I hike, I'm always looking down so to not trip. trip. But look up, take the time, get to know, you know, makes sense. And that's why having your maps important. And a compass um, to go with it. A compass, know how to use a compass. I still don't know even, how to use even it. Even though you took one of my classes. Yeah. Well, you got to practice it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a Garmin in Reach Explorer. Right, which is a satellite communicator and GPS. Right, so that's pretty good. And, you, and you have a very expensive phone. Garmin watch with maps on it, which actually was more reliable than my <laughs> InReach Explorer. Well, just because the maps, the reliability was good. It's just the you have better maps on your watch than your your yeah, remember hand, that handheld GPS. We were looking for our snow shelter at 10 p.m. Yeah, that was funny. Um, and, um, and then of course, yeah, your cell phone. Um, and your cell phone and batteries, you know, like have an extra battery. I, I always have, you know, I mean, these are a lot of things to take with you. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't need all of you, them. You don't like, need you, you all have, of them. You could have a map and compass in your cell phone. Yeah. Right. You know, so it, it's, these are different options that you have available. Um, you know, so it just basically, if you're using your phone, bring a little brick battery to keep it charged. Mm hmm. Um, turn off everything you don't need when you're out there so you get longer battery life and make sure that you've downloaded whatever map. So whether you're using the all trails app or events, a PDF maps or whatever, 
Gaia GPS app, whatever app you're using, you've downloaded the maps for offline use. So if you're out of cell signal, mm-hmm. you actually have the maps saved in your phone. So I was on a small hike in an urban community in where we live with a friend before work. We got lost. <laughs> we we eventually got out, but my my boss was laughing her ass off. She's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Uh, I'm gonna be late for the meeting. I'm lost. I'm just hitching a ride. <laughs> We're waiting for an Uber to go back to our car." She's like, "Oh my god!" You know, like this is so typical of me. And it was funny because I have my Garmin watch. And I wasn't why I wasn't paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. This is a conservation. We we just got off trail. You, you were in a city neighbor, like a park. I know a forest in a city neighborhood. We were, and it was you know it was the Huron Natural Park, whatever. It, it's even got signs and stuff in it. Yeah, but we went off trail. We were gabbing, and we wound up down behind some industrial area, and then way far away from our car. But the point is, is that we weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. We were talking too much, right? So it happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> I can't remember if I had my watch then or after. <laughs> that was the excuse anyway. But um, yeah, it happens. So when you do go out for real, for realsy, you are in a park and, you're <laughs> and you want to get to work on time, you know, there you go. Um, okay, so we talked about navigation. We talked about first aid. Or we, no, we didn't, we talk didn't talk about, first, about aid. first aid. So key things to have in your first aid, um, any medication that you might need, really important. Um, remember here, we're not trying to do a surgery on somebody. We're just trying to stop the bleeding if there's yeah. anything or, or, you know, have bandanas. Like I, you know, just to help with, say, if somebody uh, broke an elbow or or you know, sprain ankle, whatever, just to get out of there. So I think the key things, um, I do bring things for ticks. Like I have a little tick keychain. Um, I have band-aids. I have my knife, right? But that's not part of your first aid kit, although that is one of the 10 essentials. Yeah, I, I mean like my switchblade or my knife, right? And the knife going, I'll and, just jump here. Uh, RCMP, she said switchblade. She meant Swiss Army knife. We understand that switchblades are legal. Okay. In Canada. All right. Yes. I'm just just That's what it yeah. is. Um, all right. So knife's important. I have, what kind of knife is it? The orange one? The orange handle? Your Mora? Yeah. It's like a six inch blade. At five, but. Five. It's incredibly. But thank you for giving me that extra inch. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you um, the ability, believe it or not, to um, help you split wood. Uh, no, I wouldn't bring us all on on this kind. Not of, on a day hike, no. Not on a day hike, but it's it's helpful. Mm-hmm. It's helpful for a variety of things, right? Um, good to have around. Um, so knife, um, extra batteries. I always bring batteries, yeah. like for your headlamp, right? That's just just the extra batteries for that. Um, Tylenol, Apple. Like, what else would you put in your first, first aid, aid kit? kit? So. Uh, obviously your regular bandages, anything to deal with blisters. Yes. I've got a tube of polysporin. Yes. Um, Advil, Imodium, Benadryl. So allergies, um, shitting your pants and, uh, pain. Yeah. Um, those I always have. Definitely uh, the blisters. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Oh, so oh duct tape. Yeah. Duct, duct tape. tape. 
basically duct tape and gauze. I use that before I use a uh, bandit. Um, the moleskin? Yeah. Yeah, because that's one of the little tricks that we, we didn't get to when we we're talking about blisters. But if you start to feel a hot spot developing before it becomes a blister, take your shoes and socks off and just take a piece of duct tape and put over that spot. Now it's rubbing on the duct tape, not on your skin. Yeah. And you won't get a blister. It's magic. Right. It really is. Um, and that it, it's simple and it stays on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, get the Gorilla brand duct tape. I find like the, the shitty no name stuff doesn't work as well. Um, it works for me. You know. And I usually just, you know what I do is I just wrap it around my knife. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the sheath of my knife. Yep. A couple wraps along with electrical tape too. Yep. Because electrical tape will work. Anyway, rather than carrying a whole thing of duct tape, Oh, yeah, right? you don't carry the whole thing. No. Or you can wrap it around your trekking, your hiking poles. Yeah, that works too. You know. Um, you know. You know, or you can even get like pre-cut little squares uh, or little strips, and then you can just keep that in your first oh, aid kit as well. I just Yeah. You know, but just different options for people. Um, and then, uh, obviously, sure. because Catherine got to like knives and tools, that's one of your 10 essentials uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, warm clothing. Oh, important. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. Often people like, so the most dangerous time, uh, PSA announcement, um, important to know the most dangerous time to go hiking is in the fall because people tend to, you know, hot, sunny weather, shorts and t-shirts and all of a sudden a, a, a rainstorm comes in, but you're close to like zero. Right. The weather just changed, especially yeah. in the mountains. People will die in that kind of weather is so because so, you're wet and you're yeah. not you're ill prepared. Right. And then you're stuck in the mountains. You're screwed. Yeah. So um, really important to pay attention to the weather. Bring a windbreaker. Um, bring a puffy. Yeah. You know, um, a little the little beanie cap and, and a pair of light gloves. Because uh, when your hands are cold. You lose dexterity, so it's being true. able to do anything. And you lose a lot of heat through your head, so keeping your head warm yeah, um, makes a big difference as well. Like a buff, you know, because they can be a beanie toque or a neck warmer or a thousand things. Yeah. It's yeah. always important to bring, you know, layers of clothes. And, and I think, because here's the thing too, you might not be lost on the trail. You might have gotten injured mm-hmm. and you can't get out. Yeah, because all of a sudden your pace, maybe you can keep moving. Right, using your poles as crutches, you know, or canes. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, instead of going like four kilometers an hour, you're lucky if you can do a kilometer an hour. Yeah. So now that you may have to spend the night that five k hike out, which was going to take just over an hour, now you can't get out before it's dark. Right. So we're not always talking like life threatening, broken bones sticking through the skin, kind of. You know, like those are things that you call for help, Um, you know, but you may run into that. uh, And this is why always having your 10 essentials with you, Um, because you you could even in the summertime where it's, you know, it's pretty warm out. It's clear and sunny, but you get like one of those when we've been getting hit with them regularly, these torrential thunderstorms. Mm. Um, And now all of a sudden it's in the teens um, or Mm. in the. 50s for our American friends, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing the math in my head. Um, and now what you run into is you're soaked. Yeah. And it's just chilly. 
right? And then it gets dark. And then maybe you're tired. Uh, and when you're tired, you just your body doesn't produce energy or heat okay. as well. Yeah. Right? So these are all like... It, avoidable if you just had a little bit of stuff with you. And this is why we sort of, you know, have talked about the 10 essentials um, a, on a bunch of different episodes and we've done articles about it because they make life-threatening things into unplanned camping trips. Have you ever had an unplanned camping trip? Uh, a number of them over the years. Yeah. You know, or or ones that I, I was, I didn't end up camping for the night. Um... But I was, you know, you plan to be out before dark and you finally get out at 2 a.m. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, there, there's been... That happens a lot. Like, we had um, a really good episode with um, Scott Van Leer, ADK Ranger. I don't know if he's still working because I, I know he was close to retirement. So he may retire now, but he's from the Adirondacks. And it's so common. People are out on a hike. It's it's people out on a hike, which is when you have the search and rescue coming out. Yeah, it's very rarely like it. It occasionally could happen for backpackers, mm -hmm. right? But backpackers are already equipped. Mm -hmm. You have all your camping gear. You mm -hmm. have food. You have a stove. You have a tent. You have, you know, you got some clothes. Like, you know, so so when you're backpacking, you're carrying a mega version of your ten essentials. So let's just say you should be carrying a day pack. Mm -hmm. I, I never go hiking without a backpack. Yeah. Like and, ever. And, and something. Because I usually have snacks and water. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So something in the, you know, we'll say like 16 to 30 liter range, right? Um, 30 is a bit on the big side, but, you know, maybe if you're with your family, so you're carrying stuff for other people as well. What's my green pack pack? Is that 16? Uh, I think it's about 20. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's a fair size. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go backpacking with it, but yeah. it's a, enough to carry everything you need. Yeah. Um, whether for going on a winter hike or a summer hike. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the big thing with it is that a little bit of preparation um, uh, means that, you know, the unexpected doesn't become life threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody ever plans for an emergency to happen yeah so you should always just get into the habit of when you go hiking having some key essentials and if i had to strip it down a little bit um i wouldn't take a filter i would just take water tablets yeah you can get you know, it, you know we talked about the I, filter but, you, but yeah you, we always have um chlorine dioxide tablets um, where one tablet will disinfect one liter of water um, yeah, it's easy, right? You know, and we carry I would take electrolytes depending on the time of the year. If, if it's, it's hot, out. you know, you want to make sure you're getting enough because otherwise if you're sweating, sweaty, sweaty, you, you start to lose key um, electrolytes. electrolytes in your body. Yeah. You sweat it out. Um, do we get them all? We got, we got the 10. Did we? We'll, we'll put links in the show notes to our 10 Essentials articles Uh huh. Um, where I get in more in depth about these things. Uh, you know, so so... And give ideas, and I've got like whole breakdowns of first aid kits, and yeah. So we talked about <coughs> things to take, right? Like your emergency kit, your hiking boots, obviously your your poles. Um, A quick thing on how to dress. Yeah. Um, athletic clothing, right? Mm. That is 
like quick dry materials that wick moisture away from your skin, including your underwear. Synthetic. Um, synthetic or merino wool. Uh, when you're dealing with colder temperatures, dress in layers. Oh, um, one of the things we didn't put in our 10 essentials was sun protection. Mm. So sunscreen, a hat, okay. long sleeves, you know, SPF protection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so sunglasses, all of that sort of go in that. Um, but what you'll run into is you are doing a athletic thing. Mm-hmm. So you want clothing that handles like varying temperatures, sweating, you know, cotton is horrible. Um, cotton you know, kills. Yeah, like when it's cold out, because when it gets wet, it stays wet. Mm-hmm. Um, in the heat of summer, it's not going to kill you. It's just miserable. Like you're wearing a sopping towel for mm-hmm. a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where having clothing, like whether it's Under Armour or Icebreaker or... Just synthetic. Yeah. Doesn't even have to be that. No, but that stuff just works better. Yeah. Um, and uh, think about chafing, mm. right? So... Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of like the boxer brief underwear uh, because I've got, you know, for me every day is thick thigh Thursday. Uh, so I wear the Under Armour um, boxer briefs that kind of like bicycle shorts. Mm-hmm. So then my legs don't rub together. So you don't end up with chafing on the inside of your thighs. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those are kinds of things that people don't think about till you start putting some time. Uh, well, that's when you're backpacking in particular, <coughs> when you're through hiking, right? No. Like I... I I've, in a day? Hmm. I've had like, because I didn't wear the right stuff. I've had like the inner, my inner thighs like chafed raw. Okay. Because it's hot and sweaty out. Yeah. Um, uh, Got it. You know, so... Never happened to me, but okay. It you know. does, yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, it's like basically you're walking like a cowboy, <laughs> like they got off a horse, you know, all wide because you don't want your legs to touch each other because mm. it hurts. Um, you know, your mileage may vary, but, you know, um, then, uh, you know, basically depending on the temperatures is dressing in layers. So then, you know, wicking against the skin, insulating layers like fleece puffies that kind of thing and then mm-hmm. um a shell to protect from the wind yeah and the rain on the outside mm-hmm. um and mix and match your layers as you know your your workload or your effort level yeah let's talk about nutrition um because it was on a backpacking trip that i was uh for some reason i don't think i was on keto but i was eating protein and and I just wasn't going anywhere. I was just losing energy. And we had been backpacking all day. And we were just, it was a slog of a hell going up the back of Marcy or something like that in the Adirondacks. And then you gave me some Skittles. And I swore it was like jet fuel. <laughs> yeah, because it's carbohydrate that gets in your system quickly. Yeah. Right. But it makes a difference. So yeah. if you need an excuse to when you can have your candy. <laughs> is in the middle of a hike. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. So always, it is, it is great bribe, bribery material with kids. Um, yeah, like the, the big thing comes in is that, um, when you're working hard, your body will absorb and, um, convert carbs to energy the quickest. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could be like a bagel, uh, that can be Skittles, that could be energy bars that could be, you know, and so it's one of those things, a, a balanced mix. So if you eat, <coughs> um, like a bagel with peanut butter. Your body will absorb it a little slower. 
Yeah. So then you end up with like sort of more diesel fuel. Um, it'll last a little longer. It won't be sort of a spike and then drop. Yeah. Where you have to keep putting, you know, carbs in your system. Mm-hmm. Um, trail mix where you've got kind of a mix of like nuts and raisins and, you know, dried fruit. And yeah. All that kind of so stuff. the idea of having like a well-balanced meal, like with salad and fruit, like fuck that. And just bring your carbs you want, and your nuts. And you want calorically dense. Yeah. You need stuff to get you through the hike if it's a long hike. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it's sort of the opposite of good nutrition out in the real world. You want stuff that instead of like a lot of food for a few calories, you want a little bit of food that has a lot of calories. Right. <coughs> um, and it really is like when you're out for a hike and this is one of the things like I know a lot of people who love like half of their reason for big hikes um, is it the food? Is just then they can eat more, <laughs> right? Like when you, I believe it. When you burn a ton of calories, right? That's now you, how I justified my Reese's Pieces today. Yeah. <laughs> I um, wasn't hiking, but I was biking. You know, so it's those kinds of things where where uh, whatever sort of gets you excited about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously you can overdo that. And, you know, if the... if the pants are getting tighter and the scale's going up, <laughs> then you haven't figured out the formula yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But but it's the thing. It takes a little bit of experimentation. Um, but but ju- you just consider that your nutrition when you're doing these longer day hikes, especially like when I did Mount Marcy, um, it was interesting. It was, it was part of my rediscovery tour. I just came out of a marriage of many years and I, this is my eat, pray, love long week trip and I wanted to hike up this mountain to break me down and build me up again it didn't exactly break me down but what's well, it break you down pretty well actually it did but not emotionally the way I wanted it to no no it physically, physically destroyed it did. You. <laughs> yeah it did anyway it was really interesting because the, it was the first time that I had ever had to eat like I had never had um a dry meal like a dehydrated meal right um so it was the first time that I actually used nutrition to my advantage to fuel mm-hmm. what I was going to do. And you really do. So when you do these longer, and that was a third, so it was, um, shit, I should It's 20K. This. I was like going to say how 10. Many well, it, it, like, it's about round trip of 25K. Uh, I did the whole thing. Yeah. like So it's 25K. It was 3,500 feet there and back, right? It was 13 hours for me. I was out of shape. I was, I don't know, 220 pounds, 30 pounds. I was pretty heavy. Yeah. I had serious issues with my knees. I was not in shape. Yeah, because you're, you're like 50 pounds lighter now. Yeah. I'd be curious to do it all over again. That would be fun. No, we'd bebop our way up. Although my knees. Well, if you did it as the day hike. I'd be fine. Versus, because you've done that with because a I also, full backpack on now that's true and (laughs) and i have my my knee braces so yeah anyway long story short if you're gonna do a a long hike or even a short hike and you just want to feel good you know consider your nutrition you know it's not salads (laughs) just saying (laughs) um and then finally where to find good hikes Mm -hmm. you know the idea of a couple resources so first off um both as a website and an app for your phone all trails uh, is a, a great hiking app. Um, I love to sort of surf around all trails because when you zoom in on the maps, 
um, you see the trails in an area. Yeah. Um, like basically you zoom in enough and all of a sudden you can see everything because it's all like these dashed lines or the hiking trails. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also then click on and see other people's hikes that they've done. Yeah. Um, and you could actually download and save those. Yes. Um, because if you go to all trails and look up Live Wild Radio, you can find a bunch of stuff that we suggest that yeah. we've done. Yeah. Um, for anybody in the States or even from Canada who are on the eastern side, I want to go to Adirondacks. We have some great trails that we've posted there. Um, but you can also, through all trails, record your own hike. Yeah, and upload it. Which is it. cool. And you can always share it with people. It's got really good visuals. Um, I really like the elevation um, that it tracks. Yeah. I think that's very helpful. And it shows exactly where on the map it is. Mm-hmm. So that's a very helpful tool from a navigation perspective. Um, so All Trails is great for both uh, hiking and then finding hikes. Um, then it, it, one of the things you'll run into that I find quite useful is um, just looking at Google Maps, right? And... Because Google Maps will, like when you zoom in, don't have to zoom into a street view or anything, but you zoom Mm -hmm. in and the darker green areas are Mm -hmm. your parks, Mm -hmm. conservation areas. Um, And then what I'll do is like see the name of that park and then I'll look it up, Mm -hmm. right? And see what they got. Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe even look at it on all trails, right? Because you can see stuff around. That's how I found a lot of... um, Stuff here in Ontario, stuff in the States. Uh, because before we go anywhere, I'm always like surfing around maps mm-hmm. um, of different types just to sort of get an idea of what maybe. Uh, so, how you found the Black Forest Trail? Uh, no. Um, excuse me. Catherine's yawning. It's making me yawn. Um, I haven't been yawning. Well, you just did. <laughs> uh, I'm not yawning. Okay, you're not yawning. My eyes are just going haywire. You need some Benadryl. No, it's the dog. I know. I don't need Benadryl. I need to wash up my eyes. Oh, okay. Because Benadryl's an antihistamine. Um, You know, so uh, what I did was look up uh, hikes in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. right? And that gave me the Mid-Atlantic Hikes website and then... They just had like hundreds of hikes in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. uh, on that website. And then I clicked and had maps and that's where I got that one from. That was an amazing trip. Yeah. No, that was a through hike, but you can definitely go hiking there. Yeah. Um, you know, Black so. Forest Trail. Yeah. Uh, down your slate around Pennsylvania. Um, so then looking at any, uh, you know, regional maps. Um, you know, you can, and one of the other things, if you happen to have an outdoor store in your area, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's an REI or a sale or a mech or a whatever you happen to have, um, you know, or an independent, go in and talk to the people, right? People that work in these stores. They're nerds. Yeah. We're nerds about this stuff. Um, you know, so I can... You know, tell you a ton of places to hike here in Ontario. I can tell you places to hike in New York. I can tell you places to hike in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, you know, New Hampshire, Utah, Nevada. And keep in mind that a lot of the 
backpacking through hike trails. Through hike trails is when it takes, you know, multiple days to backpack. So in Ontario, for example, example, there's the Bruce Trail. You can section hike. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people do that. Actually, they have to because it's illegal to camp. Although some people will stealth camp on the Bruce Trail. Sorry, Bruce Trail Association. But um, Wink. Yeah. Anyways, um, they threw hike. Sorry, they they day hike. They call that section hiking. Right? Yeah, because you just do a section, a section at a time. time. Yeah. Although sometimes people might sleep over, or whatever. But you can do it. You, people typically do it on a day. So consider that. That could be a great way to get a piece of you know the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you are going to do that, like especially if you do it with people, what you can do is either. Because if it's any trail that's like point to point, when you hike a section of it, you either have to double back um, mm-hmm. or <coughs> when you get to a, you know, the section like w- when you're done, um, I know you've Ubered back to your car, like when you've been out on hikes before. Uh, yeah, I've done that. The Bruce Trail, we had to like hitchhike. Um, or if you're with friends, have one person park at one end. Yeah. Right. And then you drive back, park, hike it, and then they drive you back to your car. Yeah. Right. You know, it's sort of like if you're doing it with people. Yeah. Um, that's another way you can do it as well. That's fun. Um, I'm always a big fan of loops. I hate doubling back and the faffing around <laughs> of trying to get back to the car. So yeah. anytime you can come up with a loop. Uh, yeah. Now, the the downfall of a loop, of course, is you reach a point where uh, you have to finish it. <laughs> You know, it's not like, uh, we've gone far enough and let's just go back. Mm-hmm. But with a loop at a certain point, you might as well just keep going because you got to keep going until you're done. Yeah. You know, a lot of times there isn't an easy way to cut it short. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there is like there's side trails you can cut across. But um, I have, you know, and Catherine's been the victim of this. I hate doubling back and I hate walking the same section of trail twice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I like to make things into elaborate loops just so I don't have to do the same section of trail twice. Or you could just be ignorant and not know that <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. You know, anyway, I think, uh, you guys got the idea though. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, but we talked a lot about safety because it is a real thing. It's a big concern. Nobody ever plans to be search and rescued, but it's often because of hikers that it happens. So you've been warned um but it is super awesome so like don't be scared off of doing it oh yeah totally totally and you know the one thing i did when you and i broke up (laughs) and i no longer had a hiking partner i got a garmin inreach explorer so i could go it was backpacking and then we got back together so that was good but (laughs) anyway and and you you had your own uh, winston in my pocket uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's late what you're saying i'm waiting for you to finish what you're saying i forget oh okay well um so everybody you know hopefully that that gives you a a few tips pointers that kind of thing to make hiking more accessible um you know uh hiking can be its own thing or it can be the leap uh, into backpacking where you're it's amazing you know camping multiple days i'm just gonna say that i always feel 
This is going to scare people from hiking. I always feel safer backpacking because like you said earlier, everything's on your back. Yeah. I'm talking about like long hikes. I'm talking about like the ones in the mountains. Mm -hmm. I always feel much safer having it on my back. And that's when I think people are more apt to have um, your 10 essentials for sure. But don't underestimate that. Yeah. Well, if you're backpacking, you have your 10 essentials. Because you just naturally carry all that stuff. Yeah. You know, you don't backpack without a headlamp. You don't backpack without spare clothes and shelter. And you don't have a tarp. You have a tent. Yeah. You know, Um, and you have a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad and you have food, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and water filtration. Like that's just backpacking gear, Mm -hmm. you know. So what we're talking about with the 10 essentials is like the mini versions Mm -hmm. that can fit in like a little bag. That you can just take with you anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, throw it in a little backpack with some snacks and you're mm-hmm. good to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you come home safe. There you so, go. yeah, hope you learned something, um, you know, comments, send us messages, questions, questions, interactive stuffs. You know how do us a favor, <clears throat> share us, share this podcast, yeah. <laughs> promote it. Um, we don't really do it for money. We do it just because we love it, and uh, we get we really get a kick out of the people we meet along the way. Yeah, but to help us uh, grow it, we uh, always appreciate when people share it. Yeah. So uh, until next time, uh, work hard, play dirty. <laughs>